This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to our newest season of Humane Podcast in 2021. Humane is your first look at the startups and industry titans that are leading and disrupting ML and AI, data science, developer tools, and technical education. I am your host, David Jakobovich, and this is Humane. If you like this episode, remember to subscribe and leave a review. Now, on to our show. Welcome back, listeners, to the Humane Podcast. Today, we are talking about the future of computing. It is my pleasure to have Robert Scoble, who is a consultant and book author who's been involved at the roots of Silicon Valley and a lot of very exciting technology we've seen grow and mature as we're moving into the modern new computing era. Robert, thanks so much for joining us on the show. It's an honor to be here. Well, I'm so excited for this because uh, I've looked up to a lot of the great work that you've been involved with and the companies and ventures. And as we're now in 2021, there's such a rapid shift into new technology. Of course, we've all seen the pandemic and we've all seen the movements there. But now computing is becoming sexy again. It's becoming exciting again. Why are you excited about this new wave of computing? Well, I've been watching it for almost a decade, maybe even really longer than a decade. I, eight years ago, I was at the Consumer Electronics Show and I'm walking around the back halls in the suites. And I came across a company called uh, PrimeSense, which uh, the founder of PrimeSense, this was a little company that came from Israel and they made 3D sensors. Well, eight years ago, he showed me what a 3D sensor could do. And today on our new iPhones, we have two of them one on the front, one on the back that sees the world in 3D. And he was showing me all sorts of things like uh, you could do pressure sensitive touching. Uh, He had a a sensor about three feet away from a tabletop and he could see how hard you were pressing on the table and you could do virtual writing on the table and stuff like that. And, And he had three or four different demos of what a 3D sensor could be used for. And around the same time, I was at Mateo in Munich, Germany, which is an augmented reality company. Both of these companies, by the way, got bought after I saw them by Apple. 
And they were showing me monsters on the sides of skyscrapers. Well, today, Snapchat does that, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm pretty lucky. I got to go around the world and meet a lot of entrepreneurs. I interviewed, I don't know, thousands of entrepreneurs on, on my video show, like, like what you're doing. And that got me into all these R&D labs and the, into little startups that were doing new technology. And because of where I am in Silicon Valley, I have uh, close by access to a lot of these companies. I, I know one company that's building a contact lens with a little tiny monitor and a little tiny sensor on it. And that's being built two miles from here. So the world keeps clicking along, bringing us new things. You know, we could talk about these new headphones from Apple and just how different these headphones are from my Sony's and, uh, a lot of new technology coming to bear in products nowadays, particularly with AI. And you, you saw the M1 chip that Apple announced. A third of that chip is now dedicated for AI workloads, right? This new neural network workload. That's a huge investment on behalf of Apple that to, on a software technique that didn't exist a decade ago, right? Siri was the first company to use this new machine learning technology to do voice recognition in this case and and understanding what to do with it. And today I just drove here in a self-driving Tesla. So it's a crazy world that's hitting literally right now. I love this technology. You know, I think back to Minority Report when we've talked about contact lenses and now we're starting to see it. And there's going to be a day where we don't need these glasses. We can have augmented contacts. And it's probably here sooner than many people think about. And with the M1 chips, I I love that you mentioned that. I mean, the company I'm with, which is a distributed SQL startup, we're talking about supporting the M1 chip. And it's amazing because you don't have to be cloud only. You can run at the edge. You can run on local devices. And any company and any person can be doing machine learning every day. Yeah, it's true. And people who don't have, you know, a June oven or a Tesla car really don't understand just how fast this stuff is happening. I mean, in the two years since I got my Tesla, it's now changing lanes automatically. It's stopping at stoplights, stop signs, right? It's really understanding the world in a very different way than it did when I first bought this car. And that just shows just in two years, the technology that's running underneath is is radically changing, right? And so it's not just hardware is eating the world anymore. It's software and the combination of software and hardware. And would you say that is this uh, movement of spatial computing that we're talking about today that you mentioned we've seen with Snapchat and we're seeing now with many new companies, with sensors, with uh, FPGAs. I mean, it's it's happening everywhere. Yeah. And we should define what spatial computing is, right? You know, our mobile phones, our, our TVs, they're flat. They're, they're, they're monitors, right? They're little rectangles of glass, I call them. In this new spatial world, we're soon going to be moving through the computing. Mm. The computing is going to be all around us. We're not going to look at little rectangular pieces of glass anymore. We're going to be wearing the rectangles on our eyes, and the computer is going to put the computing everywhere. And it's not just for humans. It's humans, robots, and virtual beings, which is another, probably could do a whole show just on virtual beings, (laughs) the future of virtual beings, but there's quite a bit of work being done to actually have you talking to something that looks like a real thing, a, a human kind of thing that you would talk to, and that would be uh, using spatial computing. So let's just start uh, talking about the fundamentals, right? 
on this new iPhone that I just got, there's a 3D sensor on the back, a LiDAR, and that sprays little beams of light out from the sensor here. And it has about 300,000 of those beams of light, right? And as uh, it shoots out one of those beams of light, it hits the wall in front of me and bounces back. And the computer can figure out how far that wall is just by how, how long the light takes to bounce back, right? It's called time of flight sensor. So it builds a 3D map of your world. You do this today, you download an app that sees the world in 3D uh, space and captures your living room or your bedroom in 3D, and you can start playing with it and start understanding how this works. But let's just go through it. The first step is it turns my wall into billions of little dots. So if I see it in the computer, it's actually numbers, right? So a programmer is seeing billions of pieces of data coming through the computer and has to make some sense of that. Well, somebody else does that hard work. Rocket scientists figured out how to see a wall out of these little points of data. But the, the little points of data is too much data for your phone to handle without melting down. So what it does is converts it, in most cases, to a, a set of triangles, polygons, we call it. And that's what you're actually seeing in video games, right? When you're shooting somebody in Call of Duty, you're shooting a gun that's made up of tons of little triangles and your target or your, your competitor is tons of little triangles as well. And on those triangles, then they put a graphic so it looks like a human or looks like a, you know, a tank rolling around or something like that. And that process is pretty well known now by developers. If you use Unity, if you understand meshes, we call this a mesh of polygons, right? And this is pretty exciting stuff, but it's just the start because the AI that's coming along now can segment each thing in your room and separate it from like the table. So I have a little hint water bottle sitting on a table in front of me. Well, the computer vision can cut the bottle out of space and say, oh, that's a bottle, right? And then if it can have a camera, it can actually see the text on the bottle and do an AI lookup either on Amazon or Google and figure out, oh, that's a hint water bottle and it's uh, the water infused with mango and grapefruit, right? And someday we're going to be able to say, hey, Siri, how much is 20 of these on Amazon? And it'll know what you're talking about because it's seeing this bottle in 3D and it's reading the label with a camera and it's doing this new computer vision lookup. Same technique that a self-driving car uses to see a stop sign, right? As I was driving my Tesla home today, it was seeing stoplights and stop signs and pedestrians and dogs and cars, right? And it knew what each one of those things was. And it shows me it on the screen. It shows me, oh, there's a dog crossing the street right now in front of you. So you better slow down and stop. Actually, the car automatically slows down and stops. And soon we're going to be wearing glasses that do the same thing in our house. So now let's have some fun, right? Well, first we can replace any of these polygons with different visuals. So I can take the wall and get rid of it and then put Yosemite on the wall or put an alien crawling through the wall. With my Microsoft HoloLens, I already experienced this, right? Where it turns my walls into virtual things that games can mess with 
visually and it's quite compelling it's like wow there's <laughs> there's an alien crawling through my wall <laughs> it's crazy so it's a lot of fun but it's also very useful it's going to be very we're going to see all sorts of new uses of technology like that where the glasses are going to know where you left your keys the glasses are going to know what is in your kitchen so at some point you're going to ask it to for help, what to make for dinner, for instance, and you'll ask it, hey, uh, out of all the things in my kitchen, what, what should I make for dinner tonight? Well, you have enough to uh, pasta to make lasagna. You want to make lasagna, you know, and it can actually teach you and show you how to do stuff like that. Or we'll even have a Boston Dynamic robot making us lasagna. There we go, right? And that's coming too, because the costs of robots are coming down at a pretty steady rate. More likely... We're just going to get it delivered from the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Italian place around the corner, right? And a, and a little robot will come and deliver that using spatial computing, or an autonomous car will come and deliver it using spatial computing as well. And this is not real far off. It's already happening in a lot of places. You know, Waymo, which came out of Google, is already driving in San Francisco, Mountain View, and Phoenix without humans in the car. There's lots of new drone delivery and, and robot delivery services that are underway and are, are rolling around our cities. Maybe not in your neighborhood. I don't see many of those in my neighborhood either, but I've seen them in other neighborhoods, so I know that they're coming. And uh, they all work very similarly using the same technique, a, a little LIDAR on top of a little robot that sees the world in 3D and understands how to roll down the sidewalk or down the street. That's right. Uh, in New York City, we've seen in Brooklyn Navy Yard some of those uh, self-driving shuttles. We've seen yep. actually at my undergrad, University of Florida, some self-driving buses and those uh, little neuro robots that bring Coca-Cola and sandwich to the dormitory rooms. So it's it's happening. And I definitely think I'm bullish on it. And I think also you are. So Robert, yeah. why are you so bullish about spatial computing? Well, on the transportation side of things, if you and I rented an Uber right now, right, and said, hey, just sit here for an hour and charge us, they would charge us between $55 and $80, depending on what part of the United States we're in. And so when autonomous comes, when we have autonomous cars, the cost is going to go down to about $10 for a Tesla, right? Mm -hmm. And that shift in cost is going to be very dramatic for trucking, for deliveries, for taxis and all that. And that's why when you get, you know, people like Sebastian Thrun who ran the Google self-driving effort together, you start brainstorming about how cities are going to change because the costs of transportation are radically different and how buying a car is going to change. Because A lot of us might not buy a car in such a world where you can just rent a car and have a a cyber truck show up in a minute and charge you 10 bucks an hour. Well, I only use my car for a half an hour today, right? So why am I paying? Right now, my Tesla's sitting literally underneath me in the garage. It's cost me $2 an hour just to sit there right now, right? Why am I doing that in a world where we have autonomous cars? I, I'm not so sure that most people are going to buy a car in this world, that they're just going to rent an autonomous car and, and go where they want because the costs are going to be so different. So we start thinking about that. And then, then I have an autistic son, a special needs uh, kid who is going to have a lot of trouble in life. He doesn't speak very clearly. 
he doesn't even pay attention when you walk across the road, right? He's, he's in his own little world. Well, these devices on his face can really help him live his life and can warn him not to cross the street because there's a car coming or could really uh, show him a new way to live, even to the place of, hey, your friend is getting mad at you, you know, and here's some hints of how to handle yourself right now, right? That sounds a little scary, but these devices are going to help blind people to hear what is around them, right? And it'll help deaf people to see because soon a blind person is going to have this device on their face. Well, in Facebook's device that they're planning, that they're testing, actually, it has seven cameras around the rim of the uh, glasses and the AI is able to see things like this hint water bottle in front of me. And so now I could, if I was blind and I couldn't see that hit water bottle, I could ask Siri, hey, Siri, where's my water bottle? Oh, it's right it's right in front of you at two o'clock, right? So this is quite exciting for human beings. And we haven't even started touching on how deeply entertainment's going to change football, right? Everybody watches football, right? We're soon, Unity is already this public company that makes the uh, polygons underneath everything we, we do. They're building a virtualized football. They're putting a hundred cameras into football stadiums and soccer stadiums around the world, which are going to build a volumetric mesh of polygons uh, running around a football stadium that I can enjoy in my glasses. So I can see the football game like if I was actually at the stadium and could see it in 3D and not just the 2D screens, the, the flat, you know, 4K screens that you have on today's TV. So TV is about to radically shift as well. And we could keep going. My book has uh, seven industries that are going to radically shift from manufacturing to transportation to fintech to retail. Retail is going to change a lot because of this stuff. And overall, we're seeing it's the pace of innovation. That's what I'm hearing about this shift. Uh, Even in the beginning of 2021, I heard this story about out of Israel where the first artificial cornea was installed in a 78-year-old man. And that technology you wouldn't have thought about 10 years ago. It makes me think, where will we be in 2030, 2040? Cool. The dreams that, oh, self-driving will be here in 2050. Whoa, it's happening way quicker, that pace of innovation. And so many industries are changing. Yeah, to me, it's uh, I've been watching autonomous cars roll around Silicon Valley since, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago. And 15, 16, 17 years ago with, with Stanford's uh, research. So it, it seems slow at times, right? But when these are exponentially growing technologies, the data that they are collecting is growing exponentially. The, the training cost is coming down exponentially. The computer cost is coming down exponentially, right? And so when you have all that expo- exponential uh, technology changing the world, you really see radical changes eventually, right? I, my, my favorite question is, would you rather have a million dollars or a penny that doubles every day for a month. Well, of course the penny, right? (laughs) Well, you're right, but you have to live 27 days before the penny starts paying off, you know, and and passing the million dollars. So if you know you're going to die on on day 20, take the million dollars and have a party, Mm. right? But if you think you're going to live 27, 28 days, keep the penny because then it goes from, you know, $100,000 to $200,000 to $400,000 to $800,000 to $1.6 right? And by the end of the month, it's uh, 
I think, $11 million on a 31-day month, right? Most people don't think like that. That's why that question is so interesting, right? Somebody who understands math and the exponents, oh, yeah, I want the penny that's doubling. That's the smarter way to go. But most people don't understand exponents. This is why people don't understand the virus, right? The, the COVID uh, virus. It's spreading exponentially. And people are like, oh, it's just like the flu. No, it's not just like the flu. It's very, very different than the flu because it spreads exponentially faster and it kills at a little bit higher rate than the flu does. And now we're seeing what that means, right? 400,000 people are dead. And every day we're losing 4,000 people now. Remember last March when it was just a couple people dying a, a day, right? And people are like, oh, it's just like the flu. No, it's not just like the flu. You got to understand exponents. And the autonomous cars, robots, and these augmented reality glasses are exponential technology. They get better as they're trained to do new things. For instance, if you trained an AI to see the tint water bottle, it makes my life better. And it makes everybody who has the glass on better, right? It's exponential. And so it's very exciting in this new world, but it means a lot of change is coming for people. And that's very scary. And that's what I study. I study consumer behavior when it comes to new technology. And I fell in love with doing that when I sold VHS, VCRs in the 1980s in the little tiny consumer electronics shop in Silicon Valley. I love that. And it's thinking about how this technology augments humans. And that's, I think, where we're moving with the story that you're sharing, Robert, about Hint Water Bottle. Should I have to put in all these routine and rote actions or can the machines augment? And that story that you just shared is so powerful. Even in the 1980s, I mean, my dad actually was an electronic repairman. He used to repair uh, TVs, VCRs, DVDs, all those things over the decades. It's just incredible to see these old Silicon Valley stories and how they're going in a circle, but how they're becoming modern again. Yeah. <laughs> I remember selling so many VCRs. I was like, man, this is cool. Now today, I don't even have a VCR in my house, right? <laughs> it seemed like such an important thing to have in your house 20, 30 years ago. But now it's like, oh, we have Netflix down the street. Why, why do I need a VCR? And that um, shows just how fast uh, things can change. Yeah. Here's another example. These new Apple headphones, the uh, Apple AirPods Max and over-the-ear headphones. This is a radically different approach to audio in that there's a little AI chip in, in these headphones. And here's an example of what it does that my Pioneer or, or Beats or Sony headphones don't do. I have a lot of headphones. I'm a headphone freak because I sold headphones for a long time. If I'm outside and talking to you and a lawnmower starts up, right next to me. And this happened to me on a call last week when I was outside showing off something. I told the guy uh, I was talking to, I said, tell me what you're hearing because I'm standing right next to a lawnmower and it, it just started up and it's loud. It's right next to me. He said, well, it was like, I heard the lawnmower start up and then mm -hmm. it was like somebody just turned the volume all the way down on the lawnmower. And I hear you just the same. You didn't change, but the lawnmower is gone. And I'm like, I'm standing right next to a lawnmower. It's running. <laughs> and you can't hear a lawnmower sound at all. And I'm like, nope. Uh, and he's, nope. I'm like, wow. The AI is listening for uh, patterns of sound while I'm talking to you. It's doing it right now, right? It's listening for like 
air conditioners it removes, traffic noise it removes, even an ambulance noise it removes. Uh, it turns that way down. And so the noise canceling on this is like, wow, next level. And we, we haven't even started using some of the magic that's in these headphones. There's nine little microphones on this headphone. Now, when I worked at Microsoft, I met a guy who developed a, an array microphone. That's what these are called. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. He had a box with four microphones and a computer controlled the four microphones and could focus their attention on things. And he said, if I know where to focus these microphones, I can really get rid of all other noise because like, like my mouth is moving and sound is coming out of it. So if the microphones on an array microphone could focus its attention on my mouth, then it could get rid of any noise that's not coming out of my mouth because it would know exactly where it's listening. And this is before the AI removes the lawnmower and the leaf blower and the, and the traffic noise, right? Now tell me about this. So I used to um, buy bone conduction headphones because I intentionally wow. wanted to get rid of that noise. Is that similar to these array microphones? Well, bone uh, conduction is different. Array microphone is, is a grouping of microphones that you can focus with a computer, right? Bone transferring is actually just trying to get closer to your vocal cords and figure out how to remove noise that way. Anyways, there's multiple techniques. These also do a little bit of that, right? right. There's some fun sensors in these things underneath the ear, ear pads that pop out the magnets, right? There's a lot of new technology in these in these headphones. And in a way, this is a test for the next product that's going to be a, a VR, AR headset with audio as well that's going to let you play games in a new way and watch TV, particularly watch TV in a new way. Think about a world where everybody has a device like this on and is, can actually talk to each other. I wore this headphone at Christmas dinner at the table. Now, that's a weird thing to do because there's a social contract problem wearing a device at kitchen dinner, but I got everybody over that quickly because I'm a nerd and I want to try things out. Using these and pushing the button into transparency mode. So these, these have uh, three modes, right? No noise canceling, 
noise canceling, and then transparency mode. Transparency mode means I can hear sound from the real world, like the traffic or uh, my kids yelling at me or something like that. And so at Christmas dinner, I put it into transparency mode and sounded just like I didn't have any headphones on at all. But I wasn't hearing the real world, which is a real key point. I was hearing what Apple wants me to hear because it Apple these over-the-ear headphones are blocking the analog sound from getting to your ear, the real-world sound from getting to your ear. And there's nine microphones listening, all that sound. And then there's a processing chip that processes the sound and sweetens it and shoots it into the uh, audio driver that you're hearing. And that effect was so well done that it sounded like I was just listening to my family without the headphones on. And it was pretty mind-blowing. And that breakthrough in technology we're seeing with the headphones today could be the same breakthrough in this VR, AR technology that Apple may be working on. You know, imagine this uh, headset, if you will, that the visor can go on and off and you have it always on to always interact. But then you can choose whether to live in the real world or in the immersive world or hybrid world, which is so fascinating to think that we're moving there. And Apple's working on a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, my next door neighbor work, is a chip designer on the CarPlay team, and he has a prototype of a spatial computer that's going to be in the, in all the uh, – Volvo told me they're going to put this in all cars by the end of the year, all new cars, right? And so they're putting a 3D sensor, like what I was talking about, on your fingers, on the dash, so it can see what you're touching, and on you, so it can do this new kind of noise canceling. So it knows where your mouth, the driver's mouth is. So when you're talking to the car or when you're doing a phone call or a Zoom call, it knows how to really reduce noise from other things very, very well. So yeah, Apple is not playing around. When it spends $40 billion, uh, you're going to see a number of different new technologies come out of this effort, not just a headset. And so it sounds like from an AI perspective, there's really two big areas that we're seeing the evolution of technology. First, it's around text and audio and speech, this NLP area. And then secondly, it's the computer vision, the hint water bottle, seeing and believing. Why are these two areas suddenly having this um, come to life moment and acceleration? Partly because of AI is just starting to really be adopted across a wide number of new use cases. Spotify's playlists are done by AI. My oven has a camera in it, and you put a piece of toast in there or a piece of salmon. It goes, oh, there's salmon in the oven, and we'll cook it for two minutes and or 12 minutes and 29 seconds, where the toast cooked for uh, a minute and a half, right? And these techniques are coming down in cost very, very rapidly. It used to cost thousands and thousands of dollars and take hours to train on something like a hint water ball. Now all you need is, is not even one picture anymore. It's, it's Well, you need one picture or some video that you would tag in a simulator and it's coming down in cost so fast because of NVIDIA and VMware uh, making these techniques available on data centers at cloud computing companies like Amazon and uh, Microsoft Azure and other places, Google Cloud Compute. So when we think of all the technology and it's coming to market so quick, uh, trends are always what everyone loves to hear about. And you've shared a lot of what is 2021 and maybe sooner than 2030, 
But thinking about 2022, since that's going to be here tomorrow, what should business people do to prepare for the changes that will be coming next year? Well, understand that Apple's coming. And when Apple comes, like with this $550 headphone, you know, anybody else who did a $550 headphone would sell maybe a hundred of them, right? I mean, it's a very expensive headphone compared to a Sony headphone, right? But Apple comes out and like, oh, sure, I'll I'll put a $550 down on that because I trust that Apple's going to bring me a product that's worth $550. And that's the brand promise of it. Apple plus I have stores, I can return it. I know, and I know it, it's backed by uh, Apple's privacy stance and stuff like that. So Apple can do things that very few companies can do in terms of launching new products and getting people aware of a new kind of product category. And that's what's about to come. And if you don't believe that Apple is going to change the world, well, look at how many AirPod Pros they sold. They're selling more dollars in the AirPod Pros than Netflix makes in revenue, right? So Apple's coming. Let's just start there. Get aware of this world is about to come and come pretty quickly at your business. Now, we could argue, okay, only the rich people will have it for a year, and it will take a year or two or three for Facebook to get it down to 300 bucks and bring it to everybody. But that's coming too. They're spending $10 billion plus at Facebook on this technology. And Apple's spending more than that. And Google's spending billions of dollars. They just bought a company called Focals by North that made little glasses. And so you can tell they're interested in coming. And they helped fund a company called Magic Leap, which eh, probably going to go out of business but or get bought for the patents or whatever. But they spent $2.7 billion on that. So Know that. Then get VR. And I know lots of people are like, I don't want to play with VR. VR is only for gaming or whatever. No, it's not. And the more time you spend in VR, the more you're going to be prepared for the changes that soon are going to come to everybody's face in terms of glasses. Now, when I start talking this way, I get a lot of resistance. I hate wearing glasses. Well, you and I both have to wear glasses, so we're already a little bit further along the uh, the curve toward the, the stuff than than most people, or than a lot of people are open. But these things are going to have so much utility soon. They're going to remember things. They're going to let you talk to your stores and talk to your entertainment in a new way. You're going to see new kinds of entertainment. Like I said, volumetric football, where the football field is on your coffee table in front of you or on the floor in front of you uh, with huge virtualized screens. Much better TV is coming in this kind of device than is possible even with your best TVs because I can move these virtual monitors anywhere and make them bigger and make them different shapes like domes or wraparound screens, stuff like that. So remember Steve Jobs told uh, Walter Isaacson, I figured out TV. I figured out how to disrupt TV, change TV, whatever he said. I'll get the exact quote someday, (laughs) but it's up on Google. This is what he was talking about was augmented reality because he realized that once the screens got in these glasses got sharp enough, and we're not there yet. That's why I don't wear them everywhere. But as soon as a, a HoloLens gets a 4K display in front of you, then we're getting into this virtual TV world. And that's when the world starts flipping. 
I can see so many possibilities when I think about these, uh, whatever device they're going to be or the device, it's going to be a point where even do we need to learn languages or can we all communicate across video and audio? And there's so much. I went to the Shanghai Disneyland three years ago when it first opened and I needed a taxi. Well, I don't speak Chinese. So I pulled out my phone, pulled out Google Translate and walked up to an employee and said, hey, how do I find a taxi? And it read in Chinese what I was saying into this side of the phone. And when he told my phone in Chinese how to find the taxi, it translated it in English on the phone and into voice so I could hear him talking to me in pretty close to real time, right? So that was four years ago. So you're absolutely right. When you have this kind of technology on your face, it's going to do a lot of new things and blow away most people because most people haven't had that experience of being translating something in real time to somebody at a Chinese Disneyland or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I saw that firsthand as well uh, in Taipei and got to see it's incredible, the technology. Yeah, when we went to Rome last November, or not last uh, November in 2019, and um, I was using augmented reality on the uh, Google map to get navigation around the little alleys in the back streets of Rome, and it worked out amazingly, right? It knew where you were in space. It was using this kind of technology to understand the buildings and the streets and it would put signs like walk this way (laughs) up on the on the sides of the buildings it was crazy so when we think of spatial of course it sounds like there's the big companies you know which are changing the game like google and and apple and so forth but what are some of the other best companies in spatial that you're seeing and hearing about today well to do the hardware that you're going to want to wear on your face it, it takes billions and billions of dollars to develop these things But there's a whole bunch of, I have a Twitter list of 2,000 companies doing VR and AR. Now, a lot of those are agencies that are doing this kind of stuff. But there's companies like Niantic. Niantic builds the game Pokemon Go and uh, one of the Harry Potter games. And so people are walking around the streets playing Pokemon Go. Well, you're using uh, Niantic's platform. So they're building a 3D map of the entire world. And they're already using AI and computer vision to understand a lot about what you're doing. Like, are you playing in a park? Are you in a shopping mall? Are you in a gas station playing while your car's pumping gas? Something like that. And so as you use it to play Pokemon and capture a couple new Pokemon characters, it's seeing the world that you're aiming around, right? And it's ingesting that data in it. And they're building a platform that developers are going to build all sorts of new things on top of using this data, right? So it already knows where there's uh, lakes or oceans or parks or shopping malls, right? It, It can tell that just by the data that people have captured with their cameras, right? And we're still at the beginnings of this, really, right? In 10 years, this is going to be built out. And, and as you're walking around the world, it's going to know everything about the world you're in to the place where it's probably going to know where your Phillips head screwdrivers are in your house, right? And you're going to be able to say, hey, Siri, where did I leave all my screwdrivers, <laughs> my Phillips head screwdriver? Oh, it's down in the garage. We'll take you there and put a blue line on the floor, taking you down to the 
where you left your screwdrivers, right? And it's this technology around spatial, I've started to see it even in applications around education where, you know, employees at Walmart are now using VR headsets to learn how to stock shelves and yeah. truck drivers are learning about, you know, the different parts that need repairs. So there's so much going on with both AR and VR, but not everyone really knows what's the deal going on between VR and AR. Well, VR is a technique where you see a virtual world only. AR is when you're seeing like a, a SpongeBob jumping around the room and you're seeing what you think is the real world with some virtual things, like the walls are changed or there's a, a character running around you and you're playing a game, for instance. And we have lots of arguments in the uh, industry about uh, the spectrum of technologies, right? Uh, from AR on one side to VR on the other. Mixed reality, we call it, or uh, I call it spatial computing because I just don't even care about the argument anymore. But in many of the devices that are coming or are even here already, like Varshow has a, a high-end headset that does this kind of mixing of reality. You're seeing only virtual bits, right? You're only seeing virtual screens in the VR headset. But the cameras are ingesting the real world, turning it into 3D, and then showing you what looks like the real world in the glasses. But is that AR or VR? You're only seeing virtual, the polygons or the, the virtual sugar cubes that are all around you, voxels, we call them. So I, I don't know. I, I, we have these arguments. Is that AR or VR? I don't know. I, and today Apple's like, we're doing a VR headset. I'm like, no, we both know you're doing AR, but you're showing it in a device that if we don't have the device on, uh, the world is black, right? Can't see anything. So isn't that virtual reality too? I don't know. But where we're going is soon we're going to put some pretty badass pieces of technology on our face, and we're going to be able to go from VR to AR at some level. Now, we can argue... How many polygons do you have? What's your field of view? How sharp is it? And different devices will have different mixtures of, of these things, right? The Varjo device is a 4K display that is a very specialized device that costs like $10,000 per car, car designers. But soon that comes to consumers, uh, less than $2,000 device, right? And then we're watching TV in a whole new way, right? And if you're watching TV in a whole new way, do you care what you call it? I don't know. <laughs> you know you're, you're getting virtual screens in front of you and you can uh, see uh, the football field in 3D and walk around it even. You can make it bigger and walk around it. Maybe even stop the game and go out and try and see if you, you can make the same pass the quarterback is trying to make. It's changing human experiences at the fundamental yeah. level. We're, we're augmenting them. Yeah. And in fact, I was just on a show with a bunch of music industry professionals, and they're they're thinking about how to make money with this new technology, right? How, how to bring music into these new 3D worlds, and they're starting to do it. Uh, uh, Fortnite caught their attention, right? When when um, Marshmallow, this uh, electronic music performer, I saw Marshmallow at Coachella in, in real world, and only ten thousand people could fit into the tent where he was performing. Mm. Well. In Fortnite, he had 11 million people watching, right, and and walking around his performance at some level. 
And that was, Fortnite is still a 2D thing. It's still a thing on 2D screens. It's not a VR thing yet, right? So we're about to jump into a new, uh, a new way of entertaining each other. And um, we're going to see a lot of new companies spring up in the, ne- in the next few years because of this. That's right. And there's, of course, the big companies. You've talked a lot today about Apple, but we cannot count Facebook out of it. They have their portfolio with Oculus and the portal and a lot of new technology. Apple is going to be more trusted. I expect the rich people to buy Apple, right? Hmm. I mean, Apple makes nice stuff. These new headphones are amazing, right? And and if they keep this kind of quality up with their VR and AR headset, it's going to be pretty nice. But Apple comes at a cost. These are $550 headphones. They're not affordable by a lot of people, right? So we're going to see a gap between like the Apple price point, which might be $2,000 for this device. And Facebook is like, well, we're willing to throw $1,000 in the box because of advertising. And we have a different business model. We're going to subsidize the cost of our device. And yeah, you won't trust as as much because you know that your private information is going to be used to bring you advertising all over the place, right? But the Facebook device might be 300 bucks instead of 2000 bucks, right? So most people are going to buy the Facebook one. I know how this this game works, right? Most people uh, go for the device that offers most of the utility, but for a lot lower price. Yeah, and it depends also globally when we think of policies like GDPR and CCPA, you know, of course, Apple will come out ahead there. But, you know, in East Asia, right, Facebook may even come out ahead there as well. Yeah. So each neighborhood is going to be more heavily one or the other. I have a feeling I'm going to buy both because I want to say something about both, right? And come on your show again and say, I just got the Facebook one. I just got the Apple one. The Apple one's sharper. And the better privacy and better sound, but the Facebook one has better social games because every time I see one of my Facebook friends, it lights them up, you know, <laughs> stuff, like, stuff like that, right? Uh, or does automatic shopping while I'm walking around my kitchen. So I put the Facebook ones on in the kitchen and uh, Amazon is inside those and sees how much milk I have left, right? So stuff like that. The crazy world is coming, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's hard to know exactly how it'll break up. You know, but but we we are already seeing these prototypes out on the street. Facebook is already showing how the seven cameras look and work, and they showed it off months ago at their developer conference. So we can see it's coming pretty quick. I think it's excited to see how we're moving into this augmented world of spatial computing. And for listeners of the show, if they're looking to learn more and get more involved in this space, what what are some tips or recommendations you'd like to share across? I have lots of Twitter lists on this space. I have lists of uh, AI, computer vision, VR and AR, people, and all the brands. So you start following a couple of Twitter lists and you get inundated. I'm on Twitter, so you can find me there. Um, you can do Google searches and find the lots of YouTube videos on programming this world or seeing what the latest technologies are from like the Consumer Electronics Show or whatnot. But it depends who you are. If you're a developer, I'm going to say learn Unity real fast. Spend every minute of your day learning how to program Unity, which is C Sharp is the programming language underneath the polygons to make the polygons do things. If those skills will be very valuable in the next decade. 
Well, I love it. I'm a big fan of any technology. And so you've heard it here first on Humane. Unity is where you should be spending your time and attention if you're a data scientist or a software engineer looking to be part of the next wave of spatial computing. Robert Scoble, consultant and book author, thank you so much for joining us on the Humane Podcast. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Humane Podcast. Did the episode measure up to your thoughts on ML and AI, data science, developer tools, and technical education? Share your thoughts with me at humanepodcast.com forward slash contact. Remember to share this episode with a friend, subscribe and leave a review, and listen for more episodes of Humane. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.